Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Me, Myself and 40k with me, your host, Inquisitor Archer, known on the internet. Episode 33 and yeah, it's a little bit late but got there eventually. So yeah, it's been a bit busy in real life stuff. So anyway, we're here now with the next episode. So obviously we've got all the goodness of 40k and obviously people who are new to this, obviously podcasts. Well, we talk about 40k stuff, we'll have a 40k, the, the tabletop war game as it were and obviously law and things into it like that got a lot to go over for this episode for updates and things story time is part two of the story time last time with our canoness lorana and other things like the quiz with the missus without further ado i hope you enjoy the podcast Alrighty, for the first section, we're going to go over the update. What's been going on in 40k with obviously Warhammer, what have they released, what they're kind of teasing and stuff. But also I thought, just on top of my head, how about I also update you with what I've been up to in my 40k wise, so what I've been doing with 40k, maybe what I've been painting and stuff. So I'll add that in as well, because I thought, well, it is an update, it's 40k, so obviously I know that this could be old uh, news now. Because obviously people might know about things that already come out. And obviously this episode might be a bit late. Obviously me editing it, it might be a week late or something like that. Which I understand. And I've obviously have said before, I think in previous episodes. But obviously this is really an update of what how I have taken the updates that have come out. As what I think about these squats coming back and the codex roadmap and etc. And all the dribblies from the warp, as it were. Let's mention what we need to mention first. The big one is what's going to come out soon so obviously we have or it's going to be i believe if it's not already out it definitely be out by this time when the episode comes out obviously chaos demons or demons or however you want to pronounce them well however warhammer wants to pronounce it the spelling is completely different so we have now chaos space marines and now we've got the demons which i believe the one thing that kind of made me go like oh that's kind of interesting is that you can obviously instead of having like Nurgle or Zeech or Slanesh or Gorn. Now you can obviously like almost like make a basically a chaos suit of the, with the demons or daemons. And obviously you can have different demons in the same army, which is good. Because I mean, they all come from the same place, but obviously different, I guess, different planes or different areas. I don't, I don't know that much about the law, in that sense, but demons and stuff. So that's a good thing. And also I like how they've used the keywords to use as chaos uh, agents or agents of chaos. I think they have now a keyword where you can obviously use them sort of demons in chaos forces, obviously chaos marines, and then you can have like demons as well. So they kind of can still go together. So that's kind of fun. That's sort of what we've been looking at. So obviously for the, so the summer codex as it were. So the codex roadmap, obviously, obviously summer, we've got the chaos demons. And then they've said in autumn, the next one, the next codex should have been Imperial Guard or Astra Militarum, but they've pushed back. And now they're going to bring out our lovely little men singing hi-ho, hi-ho. And we're going to get the leagues of Votan. So the squats or the space dwarfs are going to come up next in autumn, which is kind of interesting. I love dwarfs in like lore, like D&D and like Lord of the Rings and other games. But these sound great, leagues of Votan. But the only problem is, is the fact is that one, it's a new full army. Two, loads of people are going to get them. Thirdly, well, for me, it's an expense. So me buying another army is not really feasible. Yeah, they look great 
but I think they do look kind of a bit, they kind of give off kind of like a Japanese slash sort of feel of like, with all their weird armor, with all the, like, the weird symbols on it. Obviously, it's dwarfish or whatever, the, you know, Voltan or squatish or whatever, whatever language they speak. But yeah, I, I don't, some of the aspects, some of the aesthetics that I actually don't actually like about them, but some of them are really good models. They look, they look fantastic models. So obviously we've been, get, we had a big drop from, I think it was the Nova Open, uh, Open Day or whatever it was, or whatever it called, what one have. And so we've got several of the, seen several of the armies that can be made, obviously the, the army sort of starter kit that's going to come out, Codex, and obviously we saw like, like the combat troll that you can get as well. And obviously we saw several other models which you can get. So the interesting ones, obviously, well, I'll go for all of them because obviously, you know, so we've got the land fortress or the land train fortress, whatever it calls it. It's the, I apologize now for butchering any of these names. Anyway, so we have the Hecaton land fortress. So basically it's just like a big massive buggy and it's got loads of guns on it. Yeah, great. I've seen many loads of buggies with big guns on it and, you know, they're normally big green and shout a lot. Yeah, nothing any different and then you obviously now you've got a few sort of characters so you've got the it's obviously a name character Uthar the Destin so he's a Carl so obviously I think a Carl is equivalent to I guess a captain of the sort of whatever leagues as it were and from the model scene that's been seen as two different kinds of models it's been seen as like the name character but also I think you can make him into just a normal Carl so obviously I think you have the option to make him into like you know Carl or the named Carl as it were so that's kind of cool. Then you have a champion called as an Einherr champion, Einherr champion. So he looks, he looks amazing. He or she, I don't know if it could be either gender. He's got a beard that would be so. Well, you know, whatever. So the champion looks cool. He's he's in full, he's like a full exo armor. He's got like a big massive like hammer or an axe, and then he's got like in his other hand he's got like a. It almost looks like a heart, like like a half shield. It's got like it's got like two bolters in his hand as well. He's got like a plate over it, which I guess could be used as a shield, I guess as well. He looks awesome, so that looks pretty cool. And there's a few other ones. So you've got like the the Iron Master with his droids. You've got the Grimnar with his corvs, C O R Vs. So I guess there's some kind of like robots which help him. But the Grimnar is basically the cyber of the dwarfs, basically. So that's kind of funny to see. And he, he, the guy kind of looks like the guy you've seen the model. He kind of looks like a Radagast slash Gandalf slash Saruman all put together. But then he's like a dwarf. So it's kind of funny. And then the other ones I've seen are like the Berserkers. Um, I think they look great, the Berserkers. But there's one in particular one that's called a uh, Cathlon Berserk Mole Grenade Launcher. And basically it's a guy or a girl with a massive like grenade launcher. And, and they've got like a little, they've got like a little droid friend behind him carrying all, carrying loads of stuff. And he's even got like a big massive like two-handed axe strapped to his back. And, and he's like carrying along with all this stuff. And so that's kind of fun to see that. So obviously I'm presuming that would be kind of like like a, a special weapon team or something like that that you can include into a unit or its own unit. Is it? So that's kind of cool. So apart from that, we know that they're coming out next and awesome. And then the next two codexes, which I believe should be the last two, I'm not going to bring out more codex related ones. All the, all the other chapter ones, Space Marine chapters, because obviously they only brought out so many, is we have the Astro Militarum, then we've got the World Eaters. So obviously that brings us to the new Corn Berserkers that have been sort of seen. So obviously they're bigger, they look meatier, you know, they've got more stuff on them. Obviously they look a lot better than the old Corn Berserkers, which I remember when they came out, third edition, they looked amazing. You could, you could arrange them like they were running and stuff, but now they just look like, they just look weird. And they look like they're just like doing weird like stunts and things where you're trying like, they're right running or they're trying to do like, jazz hands and things so these new corn berserkers look pretty like 
they look gnarly. They look really gnarly. Like some of them have got like their armor stripped back on their arms, and they, you can, I think, if, if not wearing the helmets, you can see like the butcher's nails sticking into their head and stuff like that. Very cool models. And apart from that, see, we believe the next thing that's going to happen is sort of Space Marine Codex version two is going to as kind of has been sort of teased or rumored to happen. Which, I mean, yeah, I think it could be because obviously Space Marines is always the first codex or one of the first codexes to come out. And obviously with all these new models and things, like for instance, like the Primaris Champion, you've got, you know, the the Primaris Captain in Gravis Armor, which obviously is, he has all this, the new model kit that didn't come with the, what was it, the Dominus box set? No, it was the first one, I can't remember what it's called. Um, the first full, like eighth edition box set. And you got the Gravis Armor and he had like, a, like his, his like power fist gun and then he had his sword his power sword but now so you can give him like dual power fists you can give him a chain sword or whatever so obviously they're going to like update those there's a few of the things that which need to be updated as well in the sort of codex as it were for the space marines with obviously new models coming out like for instance like the infiltrators slash incursors because obviously they had a, a new a new squad come out with the kill team and so obviously i guess they'll have to include those kinds of things that you include in those forces as it were those squads as it were apart from that updates from my side of things i've been working on a few things i've actually started a new campaign with a new warhammer friend that i met at the local shop that i used to play at and i've been doing a campaign with him with my sisters my sisters of battle versus his sort of imperial guard which have been sort of taken over by sort of like a, an order xenos inquisitor which well, it's kind of using them, <laughs> as it were. So that's kind of the story of our campaign, which is kind of cool. I recently had a game the other day with my Death Watch with the same gentleman. Um, so my Death Watch versus Imperial Guard, which was very, very bloody. <laughs> very bloody. And painting-wise, I recently just finished my two character models, my sister army, which I got, I believe, last Christmas from my wonderful significant other, Amber. And it's actually Ephriel Stern, or the Demon Fuge, and her Harlequin companion, Kaiganal, Kaiganal of the Bloody Tears. So yeah, I've painted them, and I think they look amazing. I think they look really good. Apart from all that, I think that's enough updates for this part of the episode, because then we'll move on to the story time, which is part two of last time, where we were following the... Canoness Lorena Pyrocroft, and she's just stumbled upon this heretical inquisitor. Right, so this is part two of the story time, which obviously I read obviously last episode, and it was a story based on a, a canoness called Canoness Lorena Pyrocroft, and she was tasked to hunt down a radical. Orduzinos Inquisitor, and at the end of the last episode of Storytime, she had found him. This Storytime picks up where that left off. Again, I hope you enjoy the Storytime, because like I said, again, I write these myself, and like again, it's quite therapeutic for me, etc, etc. But obviously, without further ado, here is the Storytime. It's part two of Radically Puritan. Inquisitor Mindstra was of average height for a human, but of stocky build. He wore a stylish car carapace armour, which most inquisitors wore when going into the field. His size was made bigger by a thick fur coat that was fastened to his pauldrons of his armour. 
He was armed with an exquisite-looking pistol, its long, thin barrel looking like a needle, giving it away as no other than a needle pistol, also known as a needler. They fired deadly neurotoxic shots, a weapon that was commonly used and favoured by the Inquisition, in particular the agents of the Order Xenos. In Mindstruck's other hand, he was armed with a mechanical power fist. It crackled now and again with blue and white electricity, indicating that it was primed and ready to be used. He had a shaven head that showed many years of combat as his bald head and parts of his face were scarred numerous times. He had a very stern and sharp look about him. His face looked like it was carved from an old piece of wood that would crack if he even tried to show any type of emotion. As the Inquisitor moved closer to Lorena, she pointed her power sword directly at Mindstrung's face, which made him stop. There must have been roughly eight feet between them, and Lorena's sword was taking up a good three, if not four feet of them. Stand your army down, Mindstrung, and yield to me. Lorena shouted in an ordering tone. The Inquisitor stood glaring menacingly at Lorena and didn't move. It was then Lorena felt the horrible feeling of the shadow behind her again. Her head started to ache with a dull pain and she wanted to close her eyes to relieve the pain but knew if she took her eyes off the Inquisitor for a moment he would gain the advantage. It was then as she focused herself she realised what was happening and Christopher Mindstruck was using his, his psychic abilities to try and gain the advantage over her and gain the upper hand. He'd almost succeeded, but Lorena had fought many witches of the psychers before and knew all their tricks. Lorena cried out in a vengeful prayer as she withdrew her sword and pulled her plasma pistol from its holster. My faith shields me. The Emperor protects me. In that moment, it seemed as the clouds opened up and a stream of light beamed down and fell over Lorena, as if her prayer had been heard from a higher entity. The light seemed to brighten for a moment, and the Inquisitor had to shield his face with his hand to stop the light from momentarily blinding him. In this instant, the Inquisitor's psychic connection over Lorena was severed, and she felt the shadow and pain in her mind disappear. She snarled at Mindstuck. Goward, your mind tricks won't work on me, witch. There was an uncomfortable, tense silence before the Inquisitor finally spoke. Canoness, Lorena, I admire your zealous nature and your stubbornness to deny my psychic power abilities. Very impressive, Mindstruck said with a slight venom in his tone. Lorena pointed her power sword at the Inquisitor again and repeated her demands to him. Yield the Mindstruck, I would not ask a third time. Mindstruck smirked and started to move to one side of Lorena, as if trying to circle her. But Lorena moved to mimic his movements and kept her sword ready between her and her opponent. Lorena, you and me are on the same side, Mindstruck said, still with no emotion. I am doing the Emperor's work too, don't you see? Mindstruck then questioned. Lorena narrowed her eyes as if contemplating what Mindstruck had just said, but she wasn't fooled by anyone, even if they were an Inquisitor. Lies! Everything that you say is twisted lies! Lorena shouted in an authoritative voice. An explosion was heard off in the distance as the battle raged on around Lorena and Mindstruck, yet neither let it affect their concentration on each other, as each knew 
it could have been made a distraction and give the opponent the advantage they needed. I am an inquisitor of the Imperium. Mindstruck, calm voice broke slightly to allow a hint of frustration in his words. If you were a loyal subject to the Emperor, then you wouldn't question my actions, let alone attack my forces and demand me to yield to you, a mere pawn of the Ministorum, Mindstruck said with more of his signature venom in his words. After Mindstruck had said this, he had pushed Lorena's patience to its limits. In a split second, Lorena had raised a plasma pistol, leveled to Mindstrom's chest, and had already pulled the trigger even before the Inquisitor could fully react. Mindstroke had barely seen the movement, and only had time to slightly turn his body away from the full blast of the blue plasma energy that crackled and burned as hundreds of electric sparks hit his refra refractor field. But he still felt part of the blast hit his chest armour and smelt burning. The power from the pistol shot at close range, with the awkward movement he had to execute to dodge most of the blast, had knocked him over to the floor. As his back hit the floor, he let out a grunt and a wince of pain. Mindstruck breathed hard, but got up quickly as he knew if to stay on the floor too long was giving the cannoness the advantage to attack him again. He left up one knee and clenched his power fist, which made it crackle with electric energy. He brought his fist back, anticipating the Canness was going to attack him directly. Lorena had moved to close the gap between them to, to close quarters fighting. She had fainted to the side, surprising the Inquisitor by flanking him. Lorena leapt forward, her power sword pointing straight at Mindstruck's exposed neck, going straight for the killing blow. Within a moment, Mindstruck, who had been recovering still on one knee, had his power fist ready. Instinctively, he changed the direction of his attack with his brutal weapon and smashed his fist straight into the floor. This was unexpected and Lorena's attack was, was interrupted by the recoil and tremor of the action and then the floor cracking, breaking and shattering beneath her feet. She didn't have time to think, only to react. She allowed herself to fall with the force, the ground breaking and crumbling around her. But instead of falling clumsily to the floor, she gracefully shifted her weight to allow her to fall forward and then almost perform a perfect acrobatic roll forward, which allowed her to avoid much of the uneven and broken ground, and allowed her to roll out of the way, out of the reach of the Inquisitor. Lorena managed to land in a low crouch to one knee, which allowed her to spring back to her feet without sacrificing any of her posture and pirouetting into a low guard stance facing her opponent, sword ready, waiting for his next move. Inquisitor Mindstruck slowly stood, he then had to half climb, half leap out of the huge crater he had created with his power fist in the ground around him. Once he had negotiated difficult ground, he stood proudly in front of Lorena, as if in defiance, as if waiting for her to try and attempt another attack. A small gust of wind blew between the combatants, the Inquisitors and Canis's long cloaks floating and flapping in the breeze before dying down as the wind died away. A second later, Mindstrom leapt forward towards the runner with his power fist trailing behind him, ready to be swung in a devastating arc to contact his victim. His power fist could easily shatter a skull of an orc, which were very tough, or even be capable of punching through plasteel, which a good majority of Imperial tanks were made from. Mindstrom knew a direct hit from his power fist would cripple the cannoness. If not, it would surely stun and incapacitate her allowing him the opportunity for a critical strike, finishing the duel. 
Unfortunately for Mindstruck, the Canoness was the better fighter. Her many years of experience fighting many different adversaries showed her to have the slight edge over the Inquisitor. Mindstruck swung and missed multiple times, yet Lorena moved with grace as her and the long blade of a power sword did its work. Lorena thrust and sliced. Nearly every strike hit her target. Some attacks were deflected by the Inquisitor's armour, yet she managed an upward slash which caught Mindstrung in a weak point in his armour, cutting him in the armpit where the armour was the weakest. He let out a grunt of pain as he turned away to protect his injury. However, Lorena had set him up for a following attack as she wanted him to do this and expose another weak point in his armour, the neck. It had worked and she didn't hesitate. Her follow-up attack was her sword thrusting straight for the neck of Mindstruck. Her aim was true and it seemed that it was, was the killing blow that she had been anticipating. Yet, it never came. Her sword didn't reach the Inquisitor's neck. The more she stared at her target, the more she felt pain. Pain in her head and a worn, heavy feeling in her limbs. Her nose started to drip with blood and she then knew what had happened. She had realised that Mindstruck had infiltrated her mind had smote her with a psychic attack. She felt dizzy, and her vision started to blur before she collapsed heavily to the ground. Lorena experienced blurry tunnel vision as she slowly saw the figure of Mindstruck move over to her. She saw that Mindstruck was talking to her, but she couldn't hear him at first. As she strained to focus and tried to recite the prayer of strength, as she blinked, her vision came back, and she found that she could hear Mindstruck. So, with great regret, I must do this, Canoness, he said with no emotion in his tone. In one motion, Mindstruck bent down and picked Lorena up by the neck with his power fist. The grip of the fist was immense and she struggled to barely breathe. Mindstruck held the Canoness up as if brandishing a trophy. Lorena kicked and tried to prise the power fist's fingers apart with her hands, but with no luck. I am sure your sisters will think again before challenging the Inquisition. After I show them your crushed body. Or maybe I should have your entire force executed for your insubordination. Mindstruck said questioningly. Or even better, how about your entire order to be executed and stricken from the Imperial Records altogether? He said, with even more venom in his voice. Lorena's eyes widened in shock as she heard the last remark Mindstruck had said to her. Her order was a minorous one. I descended from one of the original orders. If her entire order was executed and stricken from the Imperial Records, then it would be her fault and her fault alone that her order wouldn't be remembered at all. Even though she continued to struggle against the strangling grip of the Inquisitor held her in, she managed to focus and not get distracted by what Mindstruck had said. I won't allow it. Lorena managed to wheeze out. What did you say? Mindstruck looked confused and puzzled by the reaction he had gotten. He pulled her closer to his face, slightly lowering her and allowing her feet to slightly touch the ground, easing the tension on her neck and head. I won't allow it, and neither will who I answer to. Lorena spat at Mindstruck. Lorena could see Mindstruck's mind trying to figure out what she meant. It only took a moment later when the Inquisitor's eyes widened in shock or realisation. Who? Who do you answer to? He questioned. I answer the Emperor of Mankind. Lorena almost shouted in the Inquisitor's face. Mindshot was taken back 
a little by this outburst from the canoness, but recovered quickly, thinking it was just a poor attempt from his zealous sister to throw him off his guard. But he paused as the canoness spoke again. And Inquisitor Hawthorne, Odo Hereticus, Lorena wheezed out with her partly restricted throat. Lorena could see instantly the look of concern in Mindstruck's face. She could hazard a guess what he was thinking. The Order Hereticus of the Inquisition sought out rogue psychers and traitors of the Imperium, so if they were interested in something, it wasn't good for the person they were after. This was when Lorena placed the barrel of a plasma pistol on Mindstruck's shoulder and pulled the trigger. There was a large explosion of blue energy, and Lorena and Mindstruck were blown away from each other. Lorena tumbled backwards on the dusty rock-strewn ground, then landing on her back, slightly winded and scorched from the plasma blast, but alive. The exchange and wind had kicked up clouds of dust again. She quickly recovered, but coughed a few times from the newly disturbed dust and the relief of her throat from not being crushed any longer by the power fist. As she regained her posture, she raised her plasma pistol ready for the ink with Inquisitor Mindstrom to ambush her. As she looked around, she finally heard shouts from familiar voices. Several of her battle sisters that had been fighting to rendezvous with her came jogging into view. The sisters immediately surrounded their cannoness, forming a defensive line to protect their leader. Spread out! The Inquisitor is nearby! Take him! Lorena ordered her sisters, who obeyed without hesitation. The sisters fanned out, bolters raised, scanning left to right, looking for their target. Within a few moments, she heard several sisters sounding off nearby, shouting out, saying it was clear, no sign of the Inquisitor. Lorena rubbed her throat again and looked out where she had last seen Mindstruck and knew she hadn't seen the last of him. Okay, so chat along this episode is, as the title says, and the description says, it's about our new dwarven friends in the 40k setting. So, in other words, the Leagues of Votan. I did cover this briefly in all the updates and what they're bringing out. It should be this weekend now. You should be able to either pre-order or they should be readily available. So, the Leagues of Votan are a new faction, obviously, coming out in 4K. They all believe, that obviously, they are the squat, basically, from, I don't know, going back years and years. I think in the Rogue Traders, sort of, when Warhammer first came out, almost like first edition. I remember squats being a thing vaguely when I got into 40K, obviously, in third edition, which I keep, I always say, in probably every episode. And they're a lot different than they are now. I have to say, I'm not going to go into like a whole big like, oh, lore about the squats and, you know, the abhumans and they're scattered and how why they're coming back. And there's going to be loads of people like on YouTube and other podcasts that are going to cover the the lore behind, you know, the new Leagues of Vota. But I just like, I just want to sort of go over what it might, what we care on tabletop wise. So are we going to see a lot, a lot of Votan players? Are we going to see, I don't know, what kind of lists we're going to see? Maybe. I mean, I don't, I'm not exactly a competitive tournament player. As I've said many times before, I like to play friendly games or I like to play narrative games. So, but it would be kind of interesting to see what happens with them. Now, I think I would be more 
like ecstatic about the release if for instance oh if, if i had the money and also the time to actually like build and paint these armies then i probably would be more sort of like ooh, leagues of Rotan, ooh, dwarfs because i think i've said this recently or maybe another episode i mean i love dwarfs as opposed to like lord of rings D D, just in general really it's like fantasy wise i think i think dwarfs are funny and i think they're a great sort of race obviously everybody goes for like the other races like oh elves and i don't know other weird races and stuff like that i mean i like orcs i think orcs are funny hilarious in 40k and i like orcs in other settings as well and then obviously dwarves are a second one sort of for me so to have these space dwarfs basically coming back from sort of you know 2030 i don't know how long ago it was it's kind of nice to see that at least warhammer themselves are still willing to bring out new factions like so i remember the last faction i like i said i i've said this many times before last faction i remember seeing coming out in third edition was tau now tau's a big major faction now i remember tau first coming out straight after necrons so it was kind of crazy to see like oh necrons and they bring out another army of tau and you know they had the crew and stuff like that and obviously then i kind of left it but obviously obviously several other sort of factions or sub factions of sort of 40k came out so i don't i know i i never knew what genes to the cults were until i came back in 7th 8th edition so genes to the cults were new death watch was new to me grain actually just came out as well in third edition sisters were a thing anyway obviously the old metal models but anyway we're going to focus on the leagues of votan so i think if they're a very strong list which it seems to be from seeing from youtube videos from like osrex tactics and other sort of youtube youtubers so shout out to them that it does look like they're a very strong strong competitive faction at the moment how quickly warhammer will nerf them is you know don't know because let's see i'm sure warhammer don't want to nerf their brand new shiny new faction but i mean for a player like me who's playing Imperium and obviously orcs sometimes i mean i think it's going to be boring if i keep going against people who have just like oh what are you playing oh leagues of otan leagues of otan oh leagues of otan it's like okay right we get the picture but then i guess that's no other than going against somebody who's just got space marines i guess uh, so what i'm trying to say is it'll be nice to see maybe just a sm small increase in obviously this faction obviously hopefully warhammer will make sure that any crazy stuff which they do anyway they they allow for obviously sort of like things that might get too much because i mean i think i've already seen i haven't seen the video itself i know allspice taxi re recently brought out well, while this comes out it'll be a few days old now but i saw him just bring out a, a video saying something like the the votan engineer with his iron sort of like servitor oh well iron what they're called iron kin can do a tremendous amount of damage and can it said something like oh it can potentially kill gilliman so obviously the primarch of the ultramarines two times over now i know gilliman is kind of a tough cookie so killing him two times over that is a bit excessive <laughs> so yeah i mean from a another point of view is how good the army is going to be overall now we've seen quite a lot of obviously the miniatures that are coming out they might bring more out but obviously we've seen like they've got their jet bikes the jet bike was like basically like an attack bike with like a big gun on the back got like the berserks they've got obviously their troops the heathkin they have i know the heathkin are the well i can't remember which names are which but one's the, obviously the normal the normal dudes in void armor and then you've got the big ones like basically the votan terminators and like their big sort of like exosuits and also you have the ones in like the exosuits which are like just like exo rigs basically 
yeah, they look crazy. And I wonder how powerful a Carl is, because the Carl is like equivalent to a captain. Now, I'd like to see the stats for them and see like, oh, could a, could a Space Marine captain take on a Carl? Could a Carl take on a captain? Would it be, is it fair? Because obviously, hopefully it would be, unless the Carl just absolutely stomps on a captain, which wouldn't be very fair, I don't think, because obviously a Space Marine, I think they should go, I think they should go hand in hand. Like they should, they should I think they should give as good as they get, I think. And I like to see the, is it the Grimnar, the Grim, the Gr- Grimnar or something like that? Basically their, their psycho, the only psycho we've seen so far. I like to see how good their psych powers are as opposed to like, you know, like a librarian, like, you know, like a, a chief librarian or something like that. So I think, you know, I think librarians are quite, quite strong spellcasters for their points. And I like to see them sort of like see their spells, uh, their spells, their psychic powers and to kind of see like the contrast between sort of like, yeah, space marines or, you know, chaos space marines or even orcs sort of thing, like, you know, and see, see what the contrast is. Also, this is quite well known anyway, that we can see that they're going to be a very sort of shooty slash sort of slow army. Like dwarfs are normally in most Warhammer games, like Age of Sigma or even previous like Warhammer Fantasy, they're going to be a very slow sort of like only I think they can only go with like five inches as their kind of max or their sort of average. I mean that's the same as an orc, but I mean I guess orcs are faster because they can advance and charge as well, or can double they can reroll their charges. And also most of their range is either eighteen inches or twenty four inches, which. I mean, 24, I say 24 inches is the average of most weapons, isn't it, nowadays? 18 inches is a little bit short. And I know that orcs have had that problem in the past as well, because obviously shooters are 18 inches, you know, other guns are a little bit more, but yeah, you don't really take them because, you know, you want to take melee units or orcs. So I can definitely see it being a very sort of either close quarters to close firefights or, you know, sort of. And I think, I hope to think that they're going to be very easily outgunned by big units, big armies like Tau or Imperial Guard, even Sisters or Space Marines lists that are tailored to range as opposed to sort of mid to close combat orientated armies, which I hopefully think they're going to be. Yes, and also another thing is obviously how strong they talked about it, like, you know, how strong is their car going to be, or how strong is their other characters going to be, like, that champion dude, and or dudette, as it were, I think you can do it, you can use it either gender. The champion, so the sort of, like, the Carl champion, the comes called, I can't remember the full name of it, but, like, the, the Botan champion in his souped-up exosuit, as it were, looks, it looks an awesome model. I mean, it looks so cool. But I want to see how, I mean, what, is that champion going to be able to smash a Space Marine champion? I don't know. Is it? I don't know. Is it equivalent to like you know, like maybe an ogre and bodyguard, or about to smash an ogre and bodyguard? I don't know. It's those kinds of things that I'm thinking about now at the moment in time. That how how they're going to play against, which I guess from what I just said is, oh, I don't want to play against like oh, leagues of Osan, leagues of Osan. I keep, but it'd be actually nice to see how they do. And obviously, the only way you can get that is obviously experience against playing against them. I hope they don't become a tournament list, you know, like a like a, a competitive list. But I hope I hope that the people who do get their sort of their space dwarfs, you know, are happy with them and they don't get like nerfed or that things don't change too much for them when the codex comes out and people start complaining about them. I'm trying to keep this short, but like I said again, I love dwarfs. Like I said, I play dwarfs in in DD, I play dwarfs in Lord of the Rings. I, and I just remember now, I used to play dwarf a warband in Mordheim as well because they're always fun. Yeah, so the, the dwarf berserkers, they're, uh, they're troll slayers. I used to love troll slayers. 
Apart from that, I think, I hope, yes, the Leagues of Rotan are a great faction. We welcome them to, I welcome them to the 40k universe. And, you know, hopefully, yeah, they, they are a good faction for everyone else. So, apart from this, we'll go to the next part, which obviously will be the best part, I believe, is the quizzes for the Mizzes. So everyone, it's that time. It's the intro to the quiz. So this is where I tell you the answers to the four questions, which I'll ask Amber. So what you can do is obviously I can tell you the answers to obviously questions one to four. You can go away or as you're listening to the quiz, you can obviously Google or go into Warhammer website you want to do. And then you can look at what Amber and I are looking at, basically. So you kind of know what, what she's describing, even though she's just describing very well. In this order, from one to four, the correct answers to the quiz, which is Greater Demons, by the way, because obviously the new Chaos Demons Codex has just came out. So number one is the Great Unclean One. Number two is Lord of Change. Number three, Keeper of Secrets. And number four is Bloodthirster of Corn. There are the answers. We'll go to the next part, which is the quiz with the Mizzes. Right, it's that time of the episode. I think the best time of the episode. It's the quizzes with the Mizzes. So I have with me the one, the only, the beautiful, the amazing, the fabulous Amber, my partner. Hello, Amber. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> you sit there just to wait looking at me like it's like I you find just, it really awkward every time it? I say it and then you're just like yeah Hi. It, it's because you pick it up and then and then pick I feel up. like I've got to live I don't up think to I this. pick it up enough I think I should have like bring in like a like an air horn and <gasps> shit as well that'd yeah be... yeah that'd be cool no 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 oh I could bring in trumpeteers that's a bit extreme you well, get a little play trumpet <laughs> what's the one that uh Jackson Jack Black plays. Sure. <laughs> That's no saxophone. Oh, you could just add sound effects to. Yeah, I could do. Yeah. Yes. How are you anyway? I'm good, thank you. It's been a while since we've done these, haven't we? Yeah, I know. I've been slacking. Yeah, yeah, I have been slacking, but then I've been slacking for a good reason. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you've had a bit of a what do you call it? A a forty k hiatus. Of, yeah, hiatus. Yes, I can say holiday then, but yeah, hiatus is, is a cooler word. Holiday's fine too. Yes. So last time it was our top female characters and also we did female named characters from 40k as it last oh, time. Oh yeah. Yeah, she was like Christopher Greyfax, you had obviously Did like, I get them right? I think you got th I think you got at least got three of them right. I'm sure you got a couple. I'm gonna go back and listen now just to find out. Yeah, yeah. I think you might have got like maybe one wrong, I don't know, but I think you got three, but mm. you did pretty well for not knowing any of them sort of thing. So. Okay. Yeah. So this time, because obviously the new Demon Codex has just recently come out, we're going to do demons. And we have done demons before on this podcast, lesser demons. Mm -hmm. But this is greater demons. Yeah. And I quickly explain to you what they are. So obviously greater demons are like the avatars of their gods. So Nurgle being Lord of Decay. Lord of Decay and like Pestilence and stuff like that. You've got Zeech, who's obviously the Lord of Time and basically playing pranks on his individuals. And then we've got Slanash, who's obviously the sex god or the god of like basically pain and so it's like basically anything excessive, so excessive pain and pleasure basically. And then we've got Corn, the blood god. So basically war, killing, murdering, hacking, dismemberment beating with limbs nice so all these have an avatar basically and what 
sort of like emphasizes the sort of like each of their sort of traits as it were as the gods of chaos as it were so these are almost like the generals of the demons and i'm presuming you don't know any of them nope do you know anything about demons you do know a few things about demons don't you no no okay <laughs> just, mm. her face is like why would i know shit like that yeah, but, <laughs> yeah as if it's like oh yeah i'm listening to evil ripping apart sexual demons yes no. So, I mean, that, that's kind of a that's kind of a niche market there. So, I mean, like Absolutely nice. not. Right. Shall we get into it then? Yeah. Right. As usual, you have four questions, or four, four questions, three answers, and obviously you do have three lifelines. We've now got eliminate one from the three. Ask on the Discord, your Discord channel, or call a friend. Yay. Yay. You have your first picture there. Mm-hmm. Would you like to describe it to us, please? It looks like the the thing from Ghostbusters really got out of shape and was growing about ten times its size and then let himself go a little bit because he's just like got gashes and he's got intestines sticking out, got horns and then got mini versions of, of itself like climbing over it. Then it's got loads of like chains and stuff with skulls on and... A big ass sword. Yeah, and he's green. Well, yeah, the sort of thing from Ghostbusters. Oh, the I thought you meant the big one, like the big white one. No, not Michelin Man. <laughs> no, the, that's why I said the ghosts. Oh, okay. Right. Oh, well, let down. Let down. Someone doesn't know their movies. Nope, I do not. But what is it? Don't know. So, is it A, the Beast of Nurgle? Mm. Is it the Great Unclean One? Mm. Or is it Rotogus? Oh, I don't know. I feel like I've seen it before. Mm, you might have done, yeah. What did it come out? Oh, the model? Yeah. Well, it's been out since, I mean, like... Oh, okay. I mean, that's the newer version of it, but I don't know when that model came out. I'm presuming maybe 5th or 6th edition, but they had a previous model of it in 3rd edition when I knew it. Eliminate one for me. Eliminate one? Okay, let's get my die. Dive elimination is going to say, going to eliminate Rotigus. I probably want to go the Beast of Nurgle, but I feel like it's going to be the the one that I think is crap. So I'm going to go do <laughs> the one that's crap. Yeah. Great unclean one. Yeah. <laughs> Not the Beast of Nurgle. Well, no, but I think great unclean one because you you basically just say great dirty one. Like <laughs> why why is it have to be great unclean great, one? Great smelly one. Like stinky shithead, like stinky you know, <laughs> it'd be more appropriate than oh, great and clean one. What's the one? Elden Ring, Dungy to us. See, that's <laughs> funny. That's appropriate. Great and clean one doesn't shit, really shit shoveler. Yeah, go on then. You're correct. See, it's fucking <laughs> Warhammer. So predictable. Give shit. us a shit name and we know it. Yeah. So the Grand Clearman, yeah. So there's Avatar of Nurgle. And basically, he kind of looks like Nurgle. That's kind of how Nurgle will look like. Mm. And you see the little Nurglings all running over him. Nurglings come are made from Great and Clean Ones. Basically, they just pop out of him. And they just kind of. Oh, like... is that why it looks pregnant? No, that's oh. basically it's just because it's so fat and just like. It's just full of like pus and things. Does and it just... produce them? I think it's just because it just it just does it's it's a demon, it's magic, isn't it? It's it's it just very factual in yeah. 
we were talking about this like strangely in bed yesterday mm. we were talking about space wolves and their law mm. and then we we're having a whole conversation about law yeah but like surely there has to be an explanation I'm sure there is, but I just don't know it. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so Nurgles are how they're created is they come from great and clean ones. And, uh, and basically, they spread disease like, you know, they're covered in disease and obviously clouds of like pestilence and nastiness and ooze stuff. And it's not as pregnant, it's just that like, it's really fat and it's just like, yeah. just like disgusting, basically. Mm. Yeah. So well done. Sorry for body shaming you. <laughs> the great and clean, clean one. one. <laughs> we didn't intend to, we're just. We just don't like you. Yeah. <laughs> still a crap name though. Still a crap name. Yeah. Oh look at this. Crazy one. Yeah. Yeah. So do you want to describe that one for us? Number okay. two. Okay, so it's a bit like imagine Imagine Bookbeat from Harry Potter. Okay. Right. The Griffin. Yeah. Suddenly lost its front legs, so is on its hind legs, and turned to the dark side. <laughs> Turned blue and has two fiery, clawy wings and some massive staff that they suddenly thought, you know what, I don't need to be on the way I was. I'll just stand up straight. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird. I'm going to do this. Yeah, it's like, I'll go on my own way. Yeah, I'll Screw do my own, Harry I'll do my own shit. I'm turning into the 40k world. Yeah. Go on then. Okay. Or, actually, cool. for more detail, it's got little, like, Golden little waves on the wings as well, which is quite nice. Yeah, it's quite yeah. nicely painted, actually. Yeah, it's quite nice. Go on. Right, but what is it? Mm. Is it the Lord of Change? Mm. Is it B, the Changeling? Oh, I love a good Changeling. Yeah. Or is it C, the Exalted of Zeech? Oh, Lord of Change. That sounds lame. Changeling sounds too good. And I feel like you've put that in. Because, you know, I like changelings in D&D. Mm, mm. But then Exalted of Shibla, that's... Zeech. Zeech. Like, I would pick that, but I or feel like... Hitchnitch. Hitchnitch. Hitchnitch is funnier. Titchnitch. Well, do I do the same, or am I going to drop myself in it? <laughs> I'm going to drop myself in it. I want to go see, but I feel like that's why it's there. Oh, okay. It's to throw you off. Yeah. I'm going to go A. You're going to go A? Yeah. yeah, but now I don't think it is because you've gone. Oh, now you've gonna... nice already said it. I'm going to do about no backsies. Okay, no backsies. It's correct. <laughs> <laughs> I just put the exalted each in because I just made it up. Oh, okay. The changeling is actually a demon of each. Oh yeah, you spelled that crap. What? That's not how you that, spelled. That's how it was spelled when I saw it on the website. Changeling. Yeah. No, Zeech. Oh, Zeech. Yeah. That's Zinich. Zinich. The T is, is silent. Zinich. Yeah, but there's no I. There isn't that's an I. It's E. No, here. N-T-C-H. I know, but that's how it's said. Oh, is it? Yeah, Zinich. Oh. Don't know. Just, yeah. Good job. Yeah, Lord of Change. So Lord of Change, basically, they are obviously, they're kind of like, obviously, Zinich is obviously avatars. Mm. They don't look anything like Zeech because what I know is like Zeech looks more kind of like like a big sort of like you know the big monster off uh, with the mooncake from him, the big monster dude in the, in the cube. Yeah, final space. Final space. You know the big monster that helps them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of yeah. Like that. Oh, okay, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, but yeah, so so Zeech is obviously all about time and obviously like 
deception and stuff like that and obviously mm. he likes to mess with his like followers and stuff like that so, oh, so um, this is more my type of thing yeah so lord, the lord of change is it can actually see in the future slightly okay yeah so it can obviously predict things so it's kind of hard kind of very hard to kill sometimes because obviously they can almost like predict their death or predict something so they're quite hard but also Zeech kind of sometimes even plays games with these lords of change because sometimes they're, they're the most they're the best spell casters in all of warhammer basically but like sometimes just for fun Zeech might like go like oh i can give you all this power if you don't use it your head's gonna explode or something like that so so yeah things like that okay yeah and also lord, lord of change is the only demon that has made a pact with the Imperium and obviously Aldari as well. Oh, yeah. So, like, it helped them. Yeah, cool. But you never know what's going on because they know the future, but then they're doing it for their own cause. But then you don't know if it's doing, they're doing it for their own cause, but it's almost like it's almost like a mm. cr- cr- sort of like, like, oh, they, do, they might be doing this to get back at you, but then they're doing it to do something else. And it's also like, you know, like mind games mm. and yeah, basically. So, yeah. Yeah. Well done. Two out of four. Okay. Yeah. So, number three. Who we got there? It's like a minotaur slash strange vampire creature with four arms. No, two arms and two arms that lead into giant spikes and dressed in like a weird dressy thing and hooves. It's purpley and white and purpley white. And has strange pink hair. Yeah. And a weird collar that just forms, like a Dracula collar, but like you can't really see how it's attached. It's just kind of attached by like wires. It's weird. Yeah. I've seen this before. Though. Yeah, that's a new model that's come out recently, oh, okay. in the last sort of year or so. Is it male? It's actually hermaphrodite. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because it looks like it should be female, but then obviously it, the chest is yeah masculine. Yeah. Well, you see, this is obviously the greater. God, a greater demon of Slanesh. Um, and so normally their demons are kind of like half and half, male and female. Oh, okay. Normally in the past, like the, that was portrayed with normally like like three lots of breasts, basically. Um, yeah, it was that weird. Um, obviously, they had to rechange it obviously to make it suitable for everyone. But yeah, so. Or the, just not stupid. Or just not stupid, yeah, basically. basically. So yes, yeah, so this is Slanesh, obviously, the god of like well you say the god of pleasure and lust and things like that but actually it's a god of like lots of it sort of thing so the god of lots of it like the god of excessiveness sort of thing okay so that's pleasure pain basically excessiveness of pleasure and pain yeah and they're portrayed normally as male and female okay that's cool right but what is it is it a the herald of slanash is it b the keeper of secrets or is it C, the Enraptress? Sorry, I do. Keeper of Secrets doesn't really make sense. Because it's all, like, excessive stuff. Stuff, then I don't understand that one. I don't want to eliminate one. I want to go A, B. Do you want to give me another eliminate, then? Yes, please. All right. We won't have any more lifelines after this. I won't. Then. That's fine. So, what does the dice say? Eliminate the last one. Okay. The Enraptress. Stuck because like, <laughs> Keeper of Secrets is lame, so I kind of want to pick it. <laughs> Good old Warhammer, staying true. But then Herald of Slanash is basic too. Yeah, they're pretty sure, aren't they? Yeah, I'm gonna go A. A Herald of Slanash. Yeah, 
Mm-mm. It is the Keeper of Secrets. I knew I should have gone for the it's latest. Because it's called the Keeper of Secrets because it's because they because they like to play with the obviously their minions and stuff like that, and obviously people they wanted to sort of change as it were, and they they kind of like obviously they kind of most humans can like read people's thoughts and stuff like that, and so they can have they know people's secrets and they like to play on them. Obviously, certain people like like you know quite like like gentry or like noble people, where they they like to think oh like base base desires are are not. I'll like blow them, but then they like keep our secrets, like to play on that and be like, yeah, actually, no, you like to lust and pain and stuff like that instead. So, yeah, they like to like to use people's secrets against them, basically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's weird. Moving and on. And they're really horrible because obviously those two big things are actually, they're actually cra- crab, giant crab claws, actually, instead. Can't really see them that well, but no. yeah. But yeah, they're normally portrayed as like, yeah, a hooven sort of bovine male, female weird thing. Hmm. Okay. And the last one. So, what have we got there? Would you like to describe it to us? See what you'd imagine in hell. <laughs> Just a giant, of... red, armoured, lappy demon with fire. He's jumping off fire, which I want to know how that works. And he's got a massive chain with a hammer on the end. And he's got a double-sided axe. He's loving life with his big wings, which have skulls dangling off them. <laughs> yeah, then that's good enough. Yeah. 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 But what is it? Well, he's going to be corn, isn't it? Yep. The last guard here. Yeah. And it is. But what is it? Is it a blood thirster of corn? Is it B, a blood crusher of corn? Or is it C, the skull master of corn? Oh, God's sake. <laughs> blood thirster of corn. You know, Ray? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know it already? <laughs> oh, you don't? <laughs> That's correct. Oh. <laughs> I just went with the first one. Oh, did I you? Skullmaster seems like you've made it up because of skulls, and that normally that used to throw me off, and now, oh, I, okay. and now I try not to fall for your tricks. Oh, okay, right. But that, but then I was just like, oh, sod it, I'll just go with it. <laughs> okay, yeah, you got it right. Yeah, so bloodthirster is basically yeah, what you depict sort of what you see in hell, like a big, massive, winged, crazy red, fiery, bloodthirsting thing, and it likes to collect skulls. Nice skulls for the skull throne. Cool. Yeah, and it just basically just likes to stomp the stuff and make blood everywhere and like you know play pinata with like people and yeah. space marines. Yeah, I likes to kill space marines. Okay. Yeah, I like this model. It even, I mean, if it's corn, so it probably kill its own space marines as well. Probably kill its own corn berserkers. Okay. As well. Yeah, kill anything. Cool. Kill anything. I want to be one of these. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, saucy bloodthirsts of corn are pretty gnarly. They hate psychers as well. Mm. Yeah. Cool. And the I I read this up recently. The axe is forged under Corn's sort of like throne, and it's 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 they're made from like basically just like the raw like anger and like heat from Corn himself. Okay. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, okay, that's kind of freaky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well done. Three out of four, which is pretty good. Thanks. So. The Ordo Malleus Inquisition will probably, you know, won't mind you on their side. You know, your demons. Good. How do you feel? All right. Yeah. 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 Cool. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was fun. I like that. Because <laughs> I like, yeah, that's a shit name. That's off. Oh, no, I always feel really good. <laughs> but oh well. So, Warhammer should take this on as constructive criticism and change their names to better ones. Exactly. And sort of hire you as a consultant for shit names 
Yep, I am. Um, like, that's a shit name. That's a shit name. That's I love that job. <laughs> Employ me immediately, please. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Do I need an assistant? No. Nah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you again for being on the podcast and obviously being the misses in the quizzes. <laughs> I'd be pretty miffed if I wasn't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but no, thank you as always because it's. I do appreciate you coming on and obviously for 20 minutes or so to basically have Warhammer thrown at you and you go like, oh. It's fine. Well, that is the end of the episode now, isn't it? It's a goodbye from me and it's a goodbye from Amber. Bye. And obviously, if you want to get in touch with me, obviously, you can do on the Anchor, which obviously this is obviously part of the podcast. Obviously, there's a message service on there and obviously on my email, which is me, myself, and 40k at gmail.com. Me, myself is as it's spelt and is A and D and 40k is 40k. So me, myself at gmail.com. Yes. Any comments are welcome for improvements for this podcast. That's episode 33 wrapped up, completed. And yeah, so next time will be episode 34. Bye, everyone. Bye.